You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 163 with Tim Robertson and David Cohen. Microsoft messes with the Xbox One and releases a new Surface Pro tablet. HP comes out with a new tablet themselves and Apple still suing people. And it is, this time, the official Tech Fan Podcast number 163. David, last week uh, I opened the show and I said Tech Fan Podcast 163, and it wasn't. It was actually 162, so I, I misnumbered it on the show, but I I corrected it on the website. I bet everybody noticed. <laughs> the millions of people uh, sending me hate-filled mail. How dare you number this incorrectly. No, they didn't mail. They just unsubscribed. I mean, that was that was a lost straw. <laughs> that was it. So uh, we kind of ended the show a little abruptly last week. We did. That was um, so, uh, weird. So how did you uh, how did you get that sorted out in the end? Uh, it came, the power came back on about an hour later. Um, obviously, we were talking. It was going to be towards the end of the show anyways, but we did have some more feedback and another subject we wanted to talk about. And all the power just was gone. And I didn't have to question what had happened with Skype because literally every electronic piece in my house went silent, <clears throat> except for the computer, because it's running on, you know, it's a laptop, so it's got a battery. And my mix board is powered through the USB on that laptop, and the microphone is plugged into that as well. So I can still record a podcast. But well, I couldn't talk you, to you. <laughs> it's a good thing you were recording that, though, because if you'd been the, on the iMac, we would have lost the entire show. It would have been, Noel, I, we would have lost the second half. Because right. anytime we take a break, I'm actually saving the file in GarageBand. So, mm-hmm. you know, worst case scenario, if GarageBand ever goes down on us, I, I record up to the part where I saved the first break. Right. Um, but yeah, no, the, uh, my battery backup started beeping. My home alarm system was beeping. Which you couldn't really hear on the mic too well, but it was beeping in the background. Um, it's it, it's surprisingly quiet in a house when all the power... You don't even realize how many things really make noise. No, I know. You, you know, you're, if you have a fish tank, the little bubbling thing makes noise. TVs, DVRs, they make noises even when they're turned off, some of them. Uh, or powered down, or the volume's all the way down. It's just this almost an inaudible hum but you are hearing it because the absence of that the silence that comes out is really it's a deafening silence if that makes sense yep i know what you mean yep kind of when you put on those noise cancelling headphones and turn them on all of a sudden yeah you feel pressure because there's no noise yeah and everyone goes up there and they tap the headphones on their ear like oh wow that's kind of weird (laughs) so the subject that we were getting ready to talk about, and we might as well uh, open the show with this one, David. We got an email, and you actually sent uh, a link over to me. Um, I'm not wearing my glasses. Where are my glasses? I hate having to wear cheaters, David. Yep. But it is what it is. That's, uh, that's uh, getting old. <clears throat> yeah. In more ways than one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe in Massachusetts sent, uh, sent us an email. Do you have that? I have it. Okay, do you want to read it? Mm -hmm. Sure. This is uh, Joe Brooks. So he said to to us, new listener in the last month, loving your show. Thank you very much, Joe. 
He said, I thought you'd be mentioning Microsoft removing the Kinect and lowering the price of the Xbox One to increase sales to keep up with Sony. So I just wanted to vent my frustration at this strategy. I wish they would think more like Apple and compete on quality and innovation versus price. A great start would be releasing a backwards compatible update so that 360 games play on the One. No one wants to keep two machines or to have to repurchase all their favourite games. I understand the One is now a Blu-ray player, but this is just to keep up with Sony. It would be nice if they were out front with something instead of playing catch-up all the time. I had high hopes for the new CEO, but this move does not show that Microsoft gets it at all. Regards, Joe in Massachusetts. I'm kind of with... uh... Yeah, and very. By the way, thanks, Joe, for the uh, the kind words. We do encourage anybody to send email to us. It makes life a lot easier for David and I. We can uh, <laughs> read your email and we can discuss it as part of the content of the show. So the email is tim at techfanpodcast dot com or david at techfanpodcast dot com. Now, Microsoft removes, or at least they announced they haven't done it yet. They're going to remove the Connect from the Xbox One. They kind of built this entire Xbox One around the Kinect, though, didn't they, David? I mean, that's well, kind of how they position you moving through and searching. And I, I don't, I don't understand why they would sacrifice this type of technology that they heavily promoted when they first announced the Xbox One, simply because they're not selling as much as the PS4. And let's be honest, that's exactly what's driving this. Uh, I would imagine so. Well, Sony um, already came out and said that they're already profitable on the PS4 and that yeah. they expect to make more money on the PS4 than they did on the uh, PS2, which is crazy because the PS2 exploded like a hand grenade when it came out in 99. And it, it was huge. It, it's still up to this day the most profitable of all the consoles, even over the Wii. Yeah, I, I think... This is, I, I think, this is more nuanced than just um, them not selling well. Though clearly they're not selling as well as uh, as PlayStation Four. Um, in my view, I this kind of comes from a, a kind of a lack of clarity about what the Xbox One is. I think the original concept, and and let's face it, the people who came up with the original concept aren't there anymore. You know, the the initial marketing message for the Xbox One was terrible. They did all those about turns because, you know, initially you weren't going to be able to share games across different systems. Initially, you were going to have to keep it online all the time, and they backtracked on all those things. The reason, they, in in my view, they said that the Xbox One was so centered on the Kinect was because they were committed to selling it with the Kinect, which meant a higher price. Um, and I, to me, it was it was one feeding the other. It was to justify the fact that the Kinect was part of their strategy. They said, "Oh, you've got to, you've got to have the Connect. It's, in, it's you, the Xbox One doesn't work without it." They actually said that. They said it doesn't work without it. Now it turns out, hey, guess what? It does. Um, I think they are abandoning their original strategy, which was one of differentiation, to say that the Xbox One was more than just a games console. It was your home media hub, and having Connect as part of that was very important because. It meant you could talk to the Xbox One, you could control it with gestures and all those sorts of good stuff, which they said was very important to the whole Xbox One experience. And it was more than just the games. I think they have found from their sales that people aren't interested in any of that stuff. I don't think and most of that stuff was really sold very well, to be honest. No, I agree. Um, I don't think it was... <clears throat> I never thought it was myself it was a particularly strong message um, because 
if you're gonna if you're gonna sell a device at the center of your of a home hub and everything, you need all the content provision lined up straight away. You need big partners. You need to basically advertise that fact, um, which they never really did. The marketing for Xbox One has been terrible, uh, and what marketing there has been has been about games. So they've not they've not kind of capitalized on that differentiation. To me, the whole business about uh, connect being integral to the xbox one experience was was bogus anyway because all they ever advertised was voice and <laughs> you know pick up your iphone pick up even your windows phone now and press a button and you can talk to the damn thing with voice yep. you don't need a 3d motion sensor to do that i'm sure that connect helps with that in terms of by scanning the room it can identify people who might be speaking but this is um, still also brand but, new technology david yes it, it came out for the the xbox 360 but they did improve it and it was an add-on they really did build this xbox one supposedly uh, around that new technology i mean but they people... didn't tell anyone about it you, if you and not only that if you go and look at an xbox one where do you go and see an xbox one in in real life if you're thinking about buying one you go into an electronic store or you go into a game store yep which are noisy environments where the Xbox One is stuck in some kind of kiosk type thing. Uh, you're, you're st- half the time, whenever I've seen anybody demonstrate it, they've just played a game on it. If you go into game shops here in the UK and will say, I want to see the Xbox One, they won't show you any of that stuff. They'll just show you a game. And mm. if they do show you the Kinect working, they'll go, oh yeah, it doesn't work too well in here. It's a bit noisy, and uh, you're not really sat in the right place, and obviously you've not trained it for you, and all this sort of thing. Basically, the whole thing just comes across as a bit of a of a pointless add-on, and I, and you know the games aren't yep. built around Connect. Well, actually, they so, they are all supposed to support Connect. Yeah, that's and, right. When and you're that sat was there a playing... problem because Microsoft sold this idea to a lot of developers. I was reading one blog earlier, not today, yesterday. Uh, this developer, and he won't say what the company is because obviously he doesn't want to get fired, but they had a new game that's about 90% done built around the Kinect. And Microsoft assured them that every single Xbox One will have a Kinect. It will. So they spent all this money, and now not every Xbox One is going to have a Kinect. Well, I hope they got it in writing so they can sue Microsoft and get compensation. Um because they're screwed. They are, because and, their and games to be not going to be compatible with the new ones. It's a, it's a bit pointless. Unless all the games actually make use of Kinect, that's going to be that's going to be a tough play anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's face it, you don't... Yeah, supporting Kinect, what does that mean? You don't need motion control for a 3d she's like titanfall or call of juice i don't i don't uh, you know from a personal standpoint david i don't want motion control on anything no. the wii was a pain in the butt and i'm just waving an arm with that thing yeah you know but i don't know if if you're an early adopter of you know an xbox one are you upset probably you yeah. paid more. You paid and more, and you've got and you've got a device on your Xbox One that's going to be uh, kind of the the Absolutely. withered the withered redheaded stepchild of the device going forward. Because let's face it, who's who's going to pay less for their Xbox One and then buy a Connect later on? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody at all. So I don't know. Right. I, I think. What do you think this says about Microsoft, though? Well, I, I think there are big changes going on inside Microsoft, and they are they they they've tried to do something fairly experimental but uh, and and 
hardware-wise, I, I don't have an Xbox One. I don't know whether any of this stuff, this Home Hub stuff, which none of which works in the UK, by the way, um, we don't have cable boxes that it can control and all, all of that that sort of stuff. So, I, I, I mean, it was never going to be of any, any interest outside the US anyway. That was a mistake. Um, Sony launching more markets. That's why they're making more money more quickly. They're selling more of the things because it's more available. Well, and they made that, it about what it's really about, the yeah. games. Well, the, the point is you can debate. Right. Uh, and it's a legitimate debate about whether just having wider availability and a slightly cheaper price versus um, um, something that's more expensive and is available in less places is actually the tipping point at the moment between profitability and not. I don't know. But that, that's a legitimate discussion to have, to say, you know, so I don't think you can necessarily say it's just the extra price or, or anything that, that, that has, has left the 360, be, uh, the Xbox One behind, or, or whether the fact it's that the software's not right, or whether it's the fact that there's still brilliant games available for the Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. And so I think, uh, does the PlayStation 4 have backward compatibility? I don't know. Um, I don't know either. I know that it was supposed to be able to play PS2 games, but... Yeah. I don't know if there. I, I know I, that doesn't play PS3 games. Right. Okay. So it doesn't. Now the the reason uh, and going back to to what what Joe said. I mean, he says that they should do that. There's a technical reason they can't. It basically is completely different internals. It's like going from a PowerPC Mac to a uh, Intel Mac. Right. Um, effectively, that's what it is. The both both PS4 and the uh, X, Xbox One are effectively cut down PCs inside. Yep. Uh, whereas the Xbox 360 was a PowerPC chip. Um, so you, it's, it's incredibly difficult to get games running well on that system. So I, I can understand why they've done that. But, of course, your average gamer doesn't care about that. <laughs> They're just going, well, I want to play these old games. I can't. Right. Um, so I think I think the success of the Xbox 360 is actually holding the Xbox One back. I suspect I it's holding. I suspect the PS3 is holding the PS4 back as no, well. No, no, no. I would disagree there. What happened well, in the last not... console generation? Look, we had the, uh, a clear winner: Xbox and PS2 and GameCube. Right. Well, the PS2 clearly won. The next generation, we have the Xbox 360, the PS3, and the Wii. Now, the Wii sold a lot, but Nobody that bought a Wii really played a Wii. It was more of a kitty game and a dust collector for everybody. And the PS3 couldn't really compete against the Xbox 360. It didn't have as many titles, didn't have as many good titles, and the Xbox 360 just outsold it massively, right? So now we come into this generation, and it's exactly the opposite. Nintendo hits the ground running first with the Wii U, and nobody buys it. Well, I did, but... Pretty much nobody bought an, a, a Wii U, unfortunately, because I still think it's a good console. It has some major flaws, but it's the same problem that Nintendo's had for the last 10 years, right? Going all the way back to the, the GameCube. X, uh, Microsoft launches the Xbox. It's the most expensive. Now, that's exactly the same tactic that, Tony, that Sony took with the PS3. The PS3, when it first came out, was the most expensive of all the consoles. And it was supposed to do a lot more, just like the Xbox One. Sony, on the other hand, learned their mistakes from the PS3, and they launched the PS4 as a gaming platform. That's what it is. It's four games. It's right in the name. Game, play, right? Microsoft didn't learn the lessons that Sony learned with the PS3. They thought that they could repeat the success of the Xbox 360, and everybody that had a 360 is immediately going to want to buy an Xbox One because it's going to be so much better. And I think they shot themselves in the foot. Mm. You know, I think it was exactly what you said. The The message at the beginning 
was so muddled and so wrong and so stupid that they turned a lot of people off. And a lot of people said, Ugh, you know what? I'm just going to get a PS4. Because Sony came out with exactly the opposite message. This is a gaming machine. Yeah. Games yeah. come first. And they kicked their butt. They, well, at least so far. Now, the game's far from over, but to well, me, it uh, seems what like I would say is the PS4 only saw, is, is way ahead right now. The total sales of PS4 and Xbox One are only about 12 million units. Right. Okay? That's not a huge amount. I actually think the, both, the reason, the point I was trying to make is actually, I think both of these systems are being held back by the success of their previous systems. I don't I think, think the PS4 is. Well, I don't know. I would imagine there are plenty of people who are thinking, well, let's see, I could buy a next-gen console for $400. I could buy a PS4 or an Xbox One um, rather than have my Xbox 360 now. Because let's face it, most of those people will have Xbox 360s. Or they could say, or I could go out and buy a PS3 for $150. And hey, guess what? All the games that are coming out for the PS4 are now also coming out on the PS3 at the moment. So I don't need to buy next gen right now. That I think that is a real problem for all of these systems. All of these big titles that are coming out are coming out for the previous generation consoles as well. There's very few exclusives on those new consoles that are going to make people want to buy new hardware, especially at the price it is now. So, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. If I was in the market for a new games console today, I'd look very hard at buying a PS3 so that all of those titles I can't get my Xbox 360 I could play. And I'd put up with a slightly a slightly l lesser quality in terms of graphics and performance and that sort of thing for the fact I can play those titles today. Yep. You know, Absolutely. and I think that's going to be the big thing. I think this Christmas it's going to hold back both of those systems. Yes, Sony, you're ahead. Um, and I think Microsoft really are going to struggle to catch up now. Um because you know, once you once you get a uh, get into that position, I think it's very hard. It, I think it takes years to claw it back. Xbox 360 did claw it back, but it took them a long time. Should uh, they? I, if I was Microsoft, I'd simply go to Rockstar and say, "Hey, we want the next version of uh, GTA 5 or GTA 6, an exclusive for a year, and here's fifty million dollars to make it exclusive I, to us." I, I would. They I've, perhaps they might struggle to do that. Perhaps Rockstar won't be interested. The big thing that always saves Xbox is Halo. Yeah. But guess what? Next Halo game is not going to be out to the end of 2015 now. Yep. So um, they they really are in trouble, and I suspect that this this change now is a recognition that whatever the technical um, abilities of the console for a variety of reasons they completely botched the launch i mean not just botched as in messed up and then they complete they virtually destroyed the product with the way they launched it uh and yeah. and I, I think i think they're really going to struggle to come back from that and uh, i'm sure they're thinking to themselves thank god thank god the xbox 360 is still selling well <laughs> if i were them if i were in their position you know what i'd slash the xbox 360 to the bone and I'd ride out, I'd ride out this this Christmas season on the Xbox 360. I'd drop it down to ninety nine dollars. I'd bundle it with a couple of couple of older games, yeah, and and I'd use that as the stepping stone to get people into Xbox One. Find a way to capitalize on that on that market. That's that's what they've got to do. You know, I cut all the uh, Xbox Live Gold rubbish. I'd say all of a sudden, gaming on our platform's free. Well, Xbox, you know? yeah, I would agree with that as far as online playability, but. One of the nice things as being an Xbox Gold member as well as a uh, PS uh, network owner or a member, I guess you'd say, not an owner, is that you actually get free games. You get a, a game every month that's free. So, 
So you get a get a free game for free. Well, do it just it's not for free because it costs hundred bucks. Well, yeah, but cut the revenue. Cut that gold revenue because you know what? You can't ask people to even pay four hundred dollars for a console and then say, "Oh, by the way, you got to pony up an extra sixty dollars a year or whatever it is." Yeah. To, to play games on the system. See, that's something that that PlayStation has got right. That yeah. the online is it doesn't cost. If you want to be a PSN member, you get free games. That's the whole point. Or you get early access to some games. But that's but what you know, you're paying for. There's a there's a huge huge well there's two huge elephants in the room for this whole conversation. First of all, there's a mobile that's catching up. Yep. Yeah, iOS is already a big platform. You know, Android's starting to get some traction now, and the uh, graphics card companies like Nvidia are starting to say, you know what, we can build handheld things that can do as mu- as much as these uh, previous generation consoles can do. The Nvidia Shield's a pretty pretty nice product. Yeah, but no one's buying it, David. Nobody's, Nobody's buying it. But the point is, you know, that it could only be a matter of time before that changes. You can't yeah. just you can't as as. Uh, either Sony or or uh, Microsoft can, can I don't think can afford to sit back and say, oh, a well, mobile's always going to be a small play. Um, I think. Well, I don't think Sony's saying that at all. I mean, they have well, their their portable platform. Yeah, but you know, their portable platform is a copy of the of the console platform, and I I don't think that's being innovative enough. But that's a separate conversation. I think the other elephant in the room that nobody talks about in this conversation is PC games. PC games. You can get the quality of these next-gen titles on the PC, yep. and it's never been cheaper to buy a PC. And like it or not, with Windows 8 and Steam and downloadable services and everything, it's never been easier to run games on a PC. Well, a isn't lot- that what the Steam platform is really going to do for the home, exactly. against the home and- console market? It's a box that plugs into your TV. Ostensibly, it's a Linux computer, but it's running a, a, a modified version that's connected directly to Steam. That's 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 their play. But even if Steam, Steve, the Steam consoles, Steam engines, whatever they call them, uh, don't take off, the point is today you can drop less money than you drop on the next gen console and get a whole PC that will run these games as well as they do. And um, I think for a lot of lot of people, I think they could say, well, you know what, I could I could run these games on a PC, and then I've got a PC as well. Um, so I think that that that's another part of the market that that they've really got to be worried about. Yep. Um, so I I think yeah this is this re- this uh, the dropping of connectors is a response, but I don't know whether it's enough at this point. I think to me I think they need to be dropping the price on these things. I think four hundred dollars for these devices is just too expensive. I agree because I'm I want to buy a PS4 right now, um, and it's just the four hundred dollars that I can't get past. And that and, and I'm still playing the 360. The kids and I are and and my wife even, as I mentioned on a couple episodes ago, is still playing the PS3. Yeah. Although you although moving away from and by the way, again, thanks a lot, Joe, for the uh, email. Um, moving away from the PS3, PS4, Xbox One talk, but staying in the video game room for a minute, I am playing uh, Lego Marvel superheroes. On my iMac, David. Mm. A lot of fun. Yeah. I was amazed that this game came out. Feral Interactive is the one who did the port to the Mac. And it's in the Mac App Store. And it's only $20. That is just dirt cheap. Yeah. Now, I tried playing it with my keyboard. It's virtually impossible. I, I, just, I could not do it. Um, there's too many things you have to do in the game. It's really designed for a, a game controller. 
So I yeah. broke out my old Mad Cats controller. It looks kind of like, well, in fact, it looks exactly like, other than the color, an Xbox 360 uh, controller. Mm-hmm. All I did is I didn't configure anything. I just simply plugged it into the iMac, didn't install any drivers, didn't do anything. The game saw it, mapped the buttons correctly, and I'm just off and running and playing. It's brilliant. Mm. Really, really brilliant. And uh, the game itself was fun. Of course, I'm going to do a review of it up at MyMac.com. Um, I'm more than halfway through just the, the missions themselves. Of course, i got to go back and buy players and unlock stuff and explore and all that. Um, but it's a really fun game. I think you'd yeah. even enjoy that, David. Yeah, no, uh, well, I, I've been looking at it, but I, I've been kind of holding I've played most of the LEGO games recently on the uh, iPad, so mm-hmm. I was kind of holding out for an iOS version. It'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, I guarantee it's coming to that. Um, that being said, though, it, it will be... I'll, here's the thing. I'll get it on the iPad as well. But I really, really like playing these games with a controller. It's just... Mm-hmm. it's. It's faster. It seems more intuitive to me. And uh, the neat thing about the Marvel superheroes game is that you get to explore New York City because it's kind of an open world thing. And uh, that's kind of fun. That's a good yeah. time. So that's what I've been doing. Let's take a quick break, David. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Surface and HP. We'll be right back. Hey, guy. There's a new podcast out. Great! What's it about? Let's Talk Apple. Well, yeah, we will, we will. But uh, what's the podcast called? Let's Talk Apple. Okay, if you want to. Uh, Rainier, Silken, Gold Rush, Pippin. What are you on about? I'm talking Apple. Huh? That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Us talking about apples? Well, there we go again. Tangentially, as usual, moving off topic. Did you know Bart Bouchotts has a new podcast out? Yep. Let's Talk Apple. Oh, jeez back here on tech fan number 163 and uh i almost said uh, my other show there david instead of tech fan uh, that's a difficult mistake to make yeah as long as i make it here or not there <laughs> um the other show of course being owc radio we've got three episodes out there right now i'm getting ready to record the fourth uh, i was supposed to have a guest on this week david but it doesn't look like that's happening so i'm going to record a solo show and uh you know it's it's not that I haven't done solo shows before, but on OWC Radio, the first three episodes, I've had interviews, and I'm really enjoying doing those interviews. So it's going to be a little different when I do a solo show. Maybe you should interview yourself. I could interview myself. That should be uh, narcissistic. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a fun show to do. I hope you guys are checking it out. It's at uh, maxsales.com. Just go to the blog site and you will find listings or simply search for it in iTunes, OWC Radio 2.0. Now, there's two of them out there. There's the original show that I started in 2010, uh, I'm sorry, 2009 or 2008. Uh, I think I started that in 2008. No, 2009. And uh, I went through m- part of 2010 before retiring from that show. So we relaunched it. So if you look at iTunes, look for the one that has only three episodes so far. <laughs> that That's yeah. the new one. Or four episodes if you look at it towards the end of this week, because there'll be a fourth episode available. Uh, so with that being said, David, anybody wants to get a hold of us, obviously go to techfanpodcast.com and make sure you're checking out the reviews that we're writing up online at mymac.com. That's where I'm going to be posting my Marvel or Lego Marvel superheroes. You always have to put the Lego first, which cool. 
I, I always want to say Marvel Lego superheroes. Yeah, but, but Lego is the primary brand there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. So Microsoft had some pretty good, I, I guess you'd say PR this week, David. Now, obviously, the Xbox One stuff happened two weeks ago. Yeah. But this week, they had an event, and they released a uh, brand new Surface Pro tablet. Now, this is an $800 tablet, but unlike the other Surfaces that they've released in the past, this is, is not really comparing itself to the iPad. They're kind of positioning this as a laptop replacement, David. Well, we just talked in the previous segment about mixed messaging, and here we are again. <laughs> um, this, yeah, they spent a lot of time in their, in their demo uh, and launch of this thing comparing it to the MacBook Air. Yep. And saying it was, it, it effectively, it was their version of a MacBook Air. And they weighed it against the MacBook Air, and it weighed less than the MacBook Air. Um, and, you know, yeah, this was all they talked about. It's funny how they went for the MacBook Air and not the Ultrabook, which is the PC equivalent of the MacBook Air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, I guess they didn't want to upset the Ultrabook community. Um, but... I, I, it didn't gel for me, and I, I say this as somebody who's actually a fan of. I'm actually Windows surprised. 8 these I was expecting yeah. you to want to get one of these, Davis, because well, I, they I, also came out with the Surface Two for four fifty, but that is the tablet iPad ish version. Yeah, which 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 runs Windows RT, which um, it, it yeah, it's it's of less interest to me because it doesn't run general Mac apps to me, uh, general PC apps. The to me the advantage of the uh, Windows 8 platform is the fact that you can get something that works in a touch tablet type interface plus you can also run conventional apps on it as well. Um So why does the Surface Pro do it for you? I mean, the specs look pretty impressive. It's a larger well, tablet, so you're going to get more screen real estate. It's lighter than a MacBook Air. It's running Windows 8.1. Yeah. And it's only $800. It, well, it's $800, but it doesn't come with a keyboard. So, um, and, and Microsoft is really bad at this. They, they plug these Surface devices, and they talk about the prices, and then in the ads, they show them all with their special add-on keyboards, which... By all accounts, and every time I've played with one, they seem to be pretty cool. They're pretty slick, but they're never included. They're an extra hundred and thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. So this is so, really a uh, so it's actually a nine hundred and thirty dollar tablet right. so to the, make it and, like and a laptop. So now at that point, you're in MacBook Air territory. Well into MacBook Air territory, and then the question then becomes: is is it does a Surface Pro have enough advantages over a, a, an Ultrabook? for you to get that instead of the ultrabook the ultrabook uh, or the macbook air well either. or are you lumping I mean, in because you can't uh, really I, lump the macbook air in with ultrabooks well no well no you can't but from their perspective they're kind of trying to do that okay so let's lump it in with macbook both air. of those and, and categories yeah because let's be fair about the ultrabooks most of the best-selling ultrabooks are effectively rip-offs of the macbook air anyway sure, absolutely so they kind of have they're not as well done but they they kind of have the same form factor yeah Okay, so what do you get? So for for the, for your money, you can either have uh, a twelve inch um, iPad, uh, a Surface Pro, or uh, plus your keyboard. But that keyboard is detachable. You can look that as a plus or a minus. But the reviews I've read of the Surface Pro, while it has been reviewed pretty well, they kind of say it's still, even though they made it very light and thin, it's still a little bit heavy for one handed use. So uh, the, it's co- it's slightly compromised there as a tablet. It does have a three three by two um, aspect ratio screen, which I think is a bonus. 
I think you need that on the tablet. I've, I've used these tablets with the um, sixteen by, by ten or sixteen by nine, and it's just it's the the problem is you only end up ever using them in in uh, landscape mode because they're just ridiculous in portrait mode. They're too thin. Yeah, they're too narrow. Yeah, too too narrow, too tall. So you just don't use them like that. So it has the three by two screen, but then you look at actually using it as a computer, and it has an improved hinge that can has infinite infinite uh, kind of angles yep. so you can get it exactly the angle you want but you still can't really use it on your lap like you can with a laptop because it doesn't have a flat base Correct. it has a floppy keyboard so you can't really use it as a laptop so immediately you've got a, a more compromised use case than you have with a say 11 inch or a 13 inch macbook air or a 14 inch ultrabook like the one i use for work um it only has one usb port because it's a tablet so then if you want to do any sort of connectivity or you want to dock it, then you've got to either got to buy a special dock or you've got to do everything through the one USB. If you want to put an Ethernet connection into it, and if you're using it like a laptop, a lot of the time you want Ethernet, then you've got to either use a um, um, you've got either got to use kind of a, a hub with Ethernet on it, or you've got to buy a plug plug a hub and then an ethernet adapter into it and then before you know it you're carrying a whole load of cables and extras and that sort of thing and you could have uh, just got a laptop instead and then could have just got a laptop and so to me you're paying a lot of money for something that's still got quite a lot of compromises now don't get me wrong i'm sure there'll be a market for it but to me again it just comes across as too much money yeah you're paying a, you're paying a lot of money for something that might not work so this really comes down to there are still some significant uh, decisions that Apple and Microsoft make when it comes to products. Now, when it comes to Apple, they have two products, right? They have the tablets, which is called the iPad. And I'm leaving the iPhone out of this because that's mm -hmm. totally different. And then if you want a computer, then you get a Mac. Mm -hmm. And it's running two distinct operating systems. You can't use one app on the Mac and the same app on the iPad for the most part. Now, there are some apps that are very similar, or they are the same app, but it's it's a different version, such as yeah. uh, Pages or you know stuff like that, yeah. where you can still open the same documents. You still have all the for, uh, formatting capabilities, although, heaven forbid, you actually use a different yeah. font, which I just ran into, and there's no yeah. way to get those fonts onto the iPad. Uh, Actually, there is, but I'll... I don't I'll, want to have I, to jump I, through hoops. Yeah, you do. There, there is an app that lets you do that, but... Right, that's, but... How, that's why, kind of, you know, that's kind of a weird, geeky... But if Apple who, knows... Who wants to be dealing with fonts? Right, <laughs> and, and if Apple knows I'm going to be possibly using this on an iPad, can't they just attach the font to the document itself in the bundle? And then when I open it on an iPad, it goes, oh, look, there's a font in here. It's used in this document. I'm just going to load this font for yeah, them. You know why they can't do that, don't you? Because Licensing. the font, font scare could be copyrighted, in which case you can't like that. But still. Well, not really. Now, if it's sticking with the bundle, so it's not actually installed on the iPad but for any you, other thing. But then you could edit that document and put more letters in with that more font. You would then be – it would be a, a – an easy way of distributing nobody, fonts. Nobody buys fonts anymore, David. No, yeah, nobody why, pays for fonts that's anymore. Why, that's why the people who who do buy fonts, the people who make fonts, are very jealous about their licensing. They are. They charge too much, yeah. and nobody pays for them anymore. 
No, the most they go out and they find somebody who who knocks it off for free. Yep. But anyway, that's a separate thing. Going back to um, your your point about you, so you have the iPad and you have the Mac, and even even in Microsoft's world, you now have um, Word, Excel, PowerPoint for Mac and for the iPad. Yep. That are d- functionally do the same things yep. in different ways. But you can't take you can't buy it on the iPad and then use it on your Mac, although. Obviously, well, with Office yeah, 365, you can. It's coming but, Office 365, you kind of can. Right. But, but you know, and in fact, to be part, fair to Microsoft there, I mean, actually, if you have Office 365, they don't care what you run it on. I mean, you can download the Mac version or you can download the PC version. You don't buy Office 365 for PC. You buy it and then you can run it on whatever device you want. You've got two PCs, three Macs, they don't care. Yep. So that's the difference. If you want two different types of computing devices they do totally different things it's two different devices microsoft is saying ah you know what it's this it's one device so which one do you think is best long term do you think it's the one device world or do you think it's the two device world well i've lived and breathed this because uh before the ipad air came out i sold my ipad mini and i actually used a windows and an intel windows tablet for about two and a half months um, so I actually did that where I was using one device for two things and I was doing my work on it and I was also using the Metro style apps as they're not allowed to be called uh, the uh, the Windows New Experience apps or whatever the latest marketing term for is it as a tablet mm-hmm. um, and it was a breath of fresh air to get back to using my iPad so uh, the problem is I think the Again, we talk about compromises with the Microsoft Surface. The problem with Windows 8 is that as a tablet operating system, it's pretty good, but the apps aren't there, and it's just not as mature as iOS is. And then as a desktop operating system, as the old Windows, it's compromised on the tablet because the sizes aren't right and the devices aren't right and you know the, the targets don't work properly, and so you end up using the keyboard and mouse, and if you end up constantly using a key, an external keyboard and mouse on a tablet you might as well have bought the laptop yep that's the difficulty and i know plenty of people who resist buying ipads because they say you know what i have an 11 inch macbook air and that's enough for me and that does everything i want and i don't need the two devices so i think if you're making that choice between having the two devices or having one most people go if i'm just going to have one i'm going to have the laptop but what and about those people that do Microsoft need apps. both? How do how does Apple compete with well, I think an eight hundred dollar price point, which is both a laptop and a tablet? Or well, I, don't, I don't think they do compete. I think no, there's I all, well, Microsoft said that nine, they they came out with some statistic that a lot of people questioned, but they said in their presentation that ninety five percent of people have a laptop and have a tablet. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're saying now you don't need to do that. But you know what? I suspect that. The Surface Pro, as a nice machine it is, yeah, and it does appear to be a nice machine. Don't it get does. me wrong. If somebody gave me one, I would take it with pleasure. <laughs> I really would, yeah? But um, what I wouldn't do is go out and buy one at the price it is. Um, I don't think that it will change that statistic very much. I think there's an edge case of people who want one device. But to, the problem you face is that no matter how small you make the tablet that's also a computer, no matter how desirable you make it, nowadays you can have a MacBook Air and an iPad, or you can even have a larger, cheaper $300, $400 Windows PC and an iPad for the same money 
Yeah, and both of them are better at what they do than the compromised device that Microsoft are trying to sell you. Yeah. That Windows tab, even a Windows $400 HP Windows com- uh, laptop computer is going to be a better experience for a lot of things than a, than a Surface Pro. And the iPad is going to be a far better tablet than the Surface Pro. And the money you've spent is the same as, as if you'd have bought the Surface Pro. And let's be honest, if you're into games at all, there's no choice. You need to go with the, with the iPad because that's where everyone's releasing their, their products. And the high-end PC games isn't going to work well with the Surface Pro. Yeah, and and I think for a lot a lot of the things that for people who have a limited use for a tablet, say they just want a reader, mm-hmm. or they just want to read comics on it, or they want the occasional browser and something to to do their email on while they're reading and and all of those sorts of things. They don't even need to buy an iPad for that. No, they let's spend, talk about uh, this. They is... can spend a lot less money on a Kindle Fire. Well, or here a, you go. Uh, I've got a story for Nexus. you right there. The next story I wanted to talk about. Um, Let's see. It's from HP. It's uh, starting this week. It's called the the Seven Plus. It's an HP Android tablet, seven inch, and it comes with. I'm trying to scan this here. Uh, an ARM Cortex A7 processor, one gigs of RAM, and eight gigs of uh, flash ROM memory. It's uh, 1024 by 600 IPS display, so it's not great. Uh, Low-res front and rear-facing cameras, Wi-Fi, 25 gigs of lifetime storage cloud storage. Um, And that's from Box. And it's available now for $99.99. Yep. $100. It's a cheap Android. Right, yeah. but it's from HP, and I and I, even though we know between the two of us that HP has had some, let's call it rough times lately, the average consumer probably has a better trust with the HP name than some odd branded thing yeah. they've never well, heard that, of at Walmart. That, yeah, the principal reason being that if you buy the uh, Alibaba or you buy the HP for the same money, at least you know that if you need maintenance support that you go to hp there's a big company there waiting to listen to you yep. whereas you know who the hell knows whether the company you buy the the other the no-name tablet from it even exists as anything more than a shelf front in hong kong so yeah you've you've got some you've got some i saw one by the way called the there. simsung s-i-m-s-u-n-g yeah. same font and everything <laughs> i was like wow that's kind of ironic isn't it yeah exactly yeah i but yeah think the, this the point is, is a good is idea for, hun- for hp well i'd Goodness knows. I mean, HP's throwing everything at the wall to see what'll stick at the moment. Well, not everything. Um, I mean, one thing they threw at the wall, I guess, is to get out of the PC business. Yeah, but they're throwing. They're they're trying all sorts of other strategies. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, this this is. I I I don't see what the strategy is behind this, but I've got to be honest. I've not looked into it that closely, um, so I I don't know quite where HP are with with their tablet strategy is is to me if if you're out of the pc business i don't understand really why you'd be making tablets either but i don't think they who consider knows? the pc business well maybe i the, the the down the downside of this is not as it fairly low-end device it's not running the latest version of android either no um i don't understand know. why if they're if they completely got rid of their tablet division which when it first came out the touchpad was not a bad device it really yeah. wasn't i've got one still 
you know, it wasn't a bad device. And with another iteration of two, I think it could have been really well done. Plus, they controlled the operating system. They owned the Palm OS that ran it. So if you're going to get rid of that, then why are you going to come out with a cheap Android one? What I mean, what's your markup on this? Maybe 50%? So you're making maybe 50 bucks a pop? I don't even think it's that high. It's, it, no. it probably costs them 80 bucks. No, to make no. The, yeah, they, the margins on Nothing. this sort of stuff are very, very narrow. So why bother? I, well, I don't know. Maybe it's a... You know, maybe it's a Skunk Works project that somebody's allowed them to get out the door just to see how it goes. I don't know. But the point is, going back to the original discussion, though, is that, you know, Microsoft were very careful to talk about the MacBook Air as the competition for the Service Pro, but they didn't talk about all this other stuff, which is just as much competition. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know. I so mean, a 7-inch tablet is a really nice-sized tablet. I mean, that's kind of, honestly, that's kind of the sweet spot right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, Microsoft isn't competing in there at all. I think I think for for stuff like the Surface, um, if they really want to, if they're really serious about getting traction with the Surface, they need to find a way to bring the prices right down. They need to be competing toe to toe with the with the uh, with the iPad. I think I think if they're at the same price level as the iPad, um, then then they can they can legitimately say look here's the ipad and it does all these you know dinky things with all their dinky apps or you can have a full windows pc for the same money that's also a tablet i think that's a story people might be interested in and part of the problem windows 8 has is it's got to get some traction it's got to get people rather than buying it by default because they buy a new device and it comes on they've got to have people wanting to go out and run it yep and they don't have that at the moment not at all you know They've made some real changes with Windows 8.1 to make it much more friendly for uh, desktop PC users with a mouse and everything. That actually, while it does debase the original concept, um, does actually they do actually work. It is actually much easier to use if, you, if you're using a mouse. So I think that's a step forward. But again, they're not promoting that. Nobody knows that. If if, if having having made that step, I would be running big ads that rather than have you know people flapping tablets and dancing on tables would be going <laughs> guess what we listened windows 8 is now better than yeah. it was before you know look i'd have i'd have i'd have somebody picking up a mouse and touching things with it to kind of say look you can use touch or you can use the mouse you've got to get that message out to people you would think that they would have learned themselves from their own marketing when it came to like windows 95 do you remember the hype around windows 95 yeah. and all the commercials there's no reason that Microsoft couldn't do that again with Windows 8.1. You know, get people excited about it, but they don't. I don't I don't get it. I, it. They spend much more money advertising the Xbox One than they do the core products. And in this case, the Surface is their core product. Um, they got ads they got ads around me at the moment. They're all in Manchester City Center and everything. They're advertising Microsoft Cloud. Right. Who cares? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yes, there are a certain segment of the population need to understand that Microsoft is more than just devices and everything like that. But is that that's their principal campaign? Right, but if they're targeting consumers, go ask the average consumer about the, the cloud. Well, not only that, it doesn't even advertise their cloud services. Yeah, I know. It doesn't, it doesn't talk about Outlook.com. It doesn't talk about Office 365. It just says Microsoft Cloud. You don't even know what it is. Right. So uh, I, I really, I, you know, I, I, to me, I, it still comes across as a company. I think that um, 
this new guy Nadella has a has a better vision of where it wants to go, and and I think it's going to be a while while we until we see. Oh, a lot of this is. was already in. in yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, so, but it's going to you're moment, not going to see his vision for another year or so. The, but, the, but you know what? I, what? If I were in his position, I'd be saying, if we can't say what I want to say, let's say nothing. Yeah. I would Rather agree with than you there. continue with, oh, well, you've already paid for that advertising campaign. Okay, we'll just go run it anyway. Yeah. Which is kind of what it comes across at the moment. It feels like it, that's for sure. And yeah. they need to do something because they're kind of, they're all over the place. I mean, you know, they, they backtrack on their own technology. The, the messaging that we were getting one year ago. They're saying, oh, no, that's not very important anymore. The Connect, that's nah, dead. Don't worry about that. Uh, oh, yeah, the Surface. Yeah, it's great. Look how great it is. Oh, here's a Surface Pro, and it's against a laptop. What? Make up your mind. What is this? What are you trying to sell us? And now this cloud advertising. It doesn't make any well, sense. Even the story that came, I mean, people weren't expecting the Surface Pro at no. that event. They were expecting an 8-inch RT tablet. Yep. And and the rumor is, from some fairly good sources, is that the last minute they decided not to launch it because they said, you know what, this isn't different enough from, um, from the uh, iPad mini. And for the other eight-inch tablets out there, this is a Mitsu product. And we're not going to do that. Now, I admire them for making that decision. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely the right decision. But what I what I can't stand with Microsoft is the fact that they made that decision after they've spent God knows how long inventing, building, producing, and presumably ramping up the thing. Yeah, there's probably a few thousand of them sat in a warehouse somewhere. Probably. If, if you're going to realize you're going to do a Me Too product, you need to realize right at the beginning or certainly earlier in the product cycle than v- virtually the week before you're about to launch it. Which yeah, is I would apparent. disagree with you there because the, the, we could criticize Microsoft of that, but and that's only because the news of it leaked out. How many Apple products never got to that point either, but we don't know about them because you know, Apple's so much more secretive. So I, I don't know. I, I think that's a smart move. I, I don't. I, no, I don't, don't see any negative. I think it's a smart it. move, but I think it, it. I still believe that in other companies, and I'm not even just talking about Apple with this. It never would have got that far. People would have critically appraised it before the thing is ready to go and said, "You know what? This product has no value. Let's not do it." Yeah, maybe. You know, I'll give you a maybe on that one, David. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, let's see if we can get through our last subject here before uh, I lose power or something. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. You know, I, I I visit all the Mac websites out there on a, if not a daily basis, every couple days. And for the last couple years, as you well know, the big story has been Apple suing Samsung. And they usually win. They usually get some money out of it. They get a ban of selling some device that hasn't even been on sale for three years. When's the last time a tech company sued someone and that made them successful? When's the last time? You would think at this point, after Apple's won a few court cases against Samsung, they'd get on with it by now and stop trying to go back to court to make more money or to get a future ban on future products. It's really starting to annoy me. It really is. I'm getting sick of seeing Apple, who's all about innovation, suing a copycat company. Now, I understand, but Apple, you've had a lot of success with these products. I don't think Samsung is hurting you, number one. Number two, 
your products have been copied since you formed as a company. Hello, Microsoft. You know, hello, mm. Palm. I mean, these were, these were all derivative products from an Apple product. You could even say digital cameras because Apple had the first one there. The point is, when they continuously go to court, I don't think it's helping anybody. Now, I get you need to protect your IP, but you're not going to be successful simply by suing everyone. It, it doesn't make any sense to me anymore. No judge, no jury is going to forbade Android tablets and Android phones because they all were derivative of the iPhone. Guess what? Every product has something that it was derivative from. Very few original products ever hit the market. Now, a few, the Macintosh, you could say, no. There was stuff like the Macintosh before the Macintosh. Hell, you could say Lisa for that matter. Or the Xerox Park. Right? There was nothing quite mm. like the iPhone. I'll give them that one. But there was touchscreen interfaces before. Apple just did it better. The iPod. Rio. You know. But I, I think... I think it's very easy to say, oh, they just did it better. But actually, that is the core issue. If it was so easy to just do it better, more people would do that. And they don't. I agree. I but think, suing I someone think, isn't, isn't well, stopping it at all. I don't know. I don't think it's stopping. But I think it does send a message to the market. There's a difference. between Apple is, yeah, you're right. Apple has been the subject of an awful lot of copycats. I remember when the iMac came out, the original iMac, and then before you knew it, pretty much every tech device you could buy, and even some things that weren't tech device, were were made in that same Bondi blue transparent plastic. Sure. It was all over the place. Yes, you know, and that must, and yeah, exactly. You know, it must have it must have been incredibly annoying. Now they didn't sue everybody over that, but I'm sure it kind of rankled. The difference here is that what they have what have they have managed to achieve, and what they what they've done with the iOS ecosystem, the iPod originally, and then and then what's what's become into iOS is they've refined the process of actually inventing new markets by taking stuff that other people have done and doing it in a way that's completely different. Yeah, well, you couldn't conceptualize the iPhone before it was launched. Even though that technology all existed, nobody had an idea that you could do it like that. Even Apple struggled to make it happen. We've all read those stories of the uh, of the iPhone keynote and how the thing was, you know, was running on on 3G4 servers and uh, you know, was running about 15 different copies in case it locked up because it nobody had ever run a complete demo before. It was incredibly difficult to do. And to pull that off and then see other companies, and I think the problem in particular with Samsung is that Samsung does it so blatantly. They so blatantly copy everything that everybody does. You know, even so much so as, as they you, you see their stores, and their stores are a copy of the Apple store. They see... You, you, there's rumors appear that, that Apple's going to do a watch. All of a sudden, Samsung starts doing tech watches badly. It, it, is, it is so egregious, it's not even funny. And I think that's why Apple has decided that Samsung, in particular, is somebody they, they cannot stand. Interestingly enough, back in the Steve Jobs days, it was Google. Mm. And, and he was very, very upset about Google and what they'd done. And there's that famous quote, he was going to go thermonuclear on them and everything. What happened this week? Apple and Google settled all their outstanding patent disputes. Yep. And you that's know? what I think they need to do. Well, uh, yeah, but I, th I think the, th the problem is, is, is that 
is that that is a mature approach I don't think that's going to help them with Samsung. I no. think they really do feel that Samsung is just... And, and stuff I've heard about what Samsung is like internally. I worked for a Korean company in, in my early days. Well, I had a situation very much like what it must be like to work for Samsung in the US, where everything was driven by Korean managers back in, 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 the, in South Korea. Uh, and, and their view of the world was absolute... And if they said you do something, you do it. Yeah, and, and a lot of these guys did not have a lot of imagination. So I can sympathize with what it's like to be in Samsung US. But the point is, is that I think these guys, they just don't get it. As far as they're concerned, stuff is out there. Copying it is just the way things should be done. And I think Apple says, no, we don't, we don't put up with that. And I believe they feel that they've got the moral high ground. So even if all their dirty laundry comes out in in public and this that and the other they feel it's worth doing uh they obviously agree with you i think that at this point they apple needs to stop suing over and over and over you know apple's been uh they've copied egregiously in the past as well yeah and you know, nobody seems but, to take but, them. We're not, but we're not talking about the past though i mean to be fair we're talking about today we're talking about the last five years sure you know? If, Absolutely. If, I mean, the, what what's happened in the past has. But I take a long, long view of this, David. There's yeah, a little but, clock in your in your menu bar in your Mac right now, right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't there originally. A software developer came up with that, built it from scratch, released it. I think it cost five bucks, and in the very next version of the Apple operating system, Apple had it up there. Same font, same placement, same everything. Now, you could say, well, that's a small thing, and a clock in your menu bar is kind of obvious. Well, maybe it is, but it wasn't obvious enough to Apple for them to include it originally. Okay, they had to wait for someone else to do it, and then they did it. But you're talking about things that happened 15, 20 years ago. But it's the same company. It's the same. It is, it is the same company, but it's right. not the same people. No, it's not the same people, but it's the same industry, and it's everyone copies everyone in this industry. It's very rare when you get originality. And... If you're the company that comes up with the originality and someone copies you, to a certain extent, you got to figure that's just business. And Apple's been copied so often. Look, before Google, it was Microsoft that was copying Apple. And Steve Jobs blew a gasket on Bill Gates. I think, yeah. But again, you look at Windows 95 and you look at OS 8 or OS 7 or everything. Yeah, there were, there were similarities and everything. They weren't direct copies. They weren't um, so blatantly copied that people had difficulty telling them apart which is what we've had with samsung and iphone Uh, from a physical standpoint yeah but as soon as you fire it up it's totally well yeah but that but that but that was that was part of the substantive patent lawsuit is the fact that they things were so identically it is a matter of degree yeah i think we all accept that art is you know uh 80 inspiration 20% 20% perspiration, whatever it is. But, you know, all art, yes, all art is inspired by the things. And um, there are very few new ideas under the sun. But the point is, there's a difference between being inspired by and informed by uh, and perhaps, you know, taking substantial benefit from. And there's a difference between just pure out carbon copy, rubber stamp cloning. And I think certainly in the past, that's what Samsung has been guilty of. I think they're less guilty of it now. And you're not seeing lawsuits about stuff they're doing today. That's true. It's all about the Galaxy S2 and the S3, yep. which were which were products that are now two, three years old at least. Yeah, nobody, they're not yeah. even selling it anymore. Yeah. 
But then for Apple to come up and say that they want a, a future ban on current and future products too, that's going a little bit above. Well, they, well I think I think what they're trying to say is they don't want Samsung of today to benefit from the copying they've done in the past. And yes. Apple has been guilty of it in the past, but you know what? Nobody's suing them for it. So that's kind of the way it is. You would hope that the Apple of today, having been in the experience of this, would never do that again. Yeah. If they do, then they deserve to be sued just as much, and I hope they lose if they do it. But uh, Apple nowadays doesn't seem to be the copying sort. Next week, uh, for the next episode, David, one of the things that we're going to talk about is what's going on in the ebook world. Uh, as we both know, Apple got sued by the DOJ. They had uh, whatever slapped on them, and now it looks like Amazon is really kind of sticking it to the publishers out there. Yeah, and, I'm very, very glad that yeah. the uh, U.S. Department of Justice protected us from Apple's egregious activity <laughs> by handing the keys to the book market to the big monopoly. Yep. So let's uh, talk about that next week because there's there's some interesting stories there, and I want to kind of go in depth with it. In the meantime, David, if people want to find you online, where do they go? Well, you find me on Twitter. I'm at David B. Cohen. And that's just the letter B. The- yeah, it's not an actual bee like the insects, because yeah. that would be really hard to type. <laughs> You'd probably get stung as you were typing it. Uh, and your email address? Uh, I am david at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, on Twitter, I am at mymac, M-Y-M-A-C, and it's tim at techfanpodcast.com. We'd invite you to go up to our website, um, give us a review, follow it from our website over to iTunes and review us there. You can leave a comment on the website and we'll read it here on the show. Or like David and I said, send us an email and we'd be happy to read it here and share your thoughts and views on anything we talk about. Like I said, eBooks is going to be a big topic next week. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So if you send us email, we can include those in that topic discussion. David, thanks for being here on a uh, Memorial Day here in the United States and a bank holiday there in the UK. Always a pleasure. Talk to you guys later. Bye.